Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M O L M M. That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, it's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto tune that. Put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Six hours later. Y'all done got digitally tiny. You done got digitally tiny. No. Welcome to another side-scrolling episode of Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that never misses a single class, even during a cutscene. I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me in person this time is uh, my Ringo tutoring, heavily researching, crime-causing co-host and big brother. That was a triple alliteration improv, by the way. Oh, nice. You don't oh, look at you go. Not very often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our very own sexy, angry Hamlet, Jason Helms. How you doing, man? <laughs> Hey, Ben, what movie did you see last night? Uh, just that new Tarantino flick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Not uh, a lot of women speaking roles. No, in that one. no. No, except for the murderous ones. Does it pass the Bechdel test if the women aren't technically talking about a man, mm. but they're all in Charlie Manson's cult? Ooh, so the subtext is always a dude? Exactly, yeah, the yeah. subtext is, is, is mm. a dude, you know. That's tricky. That's tricky. It has a lot to do to make up for Reservoir Dogs, which sure. has zero speaking roles sure. for women. Sure. Mm-hmm. But... But Kill Bill. But Kill Bill, yeah, I guess Kill Bill Bill maybe evens out Reservoir Dogs. I'm not really defending Tarantino right now. I'm just being that guy. Yeah, we should say that we're recording 8 a.m. today in California time. Uh, And so Jason and I are still waking up. All energy. Uh, And we're doing that because all the way from Spain, our world-traveling, Ringo-loving, European correspondent, Corrigan Vaughn, how's the rain falling out there today? There is no rain, only heat and sweat. Now, are you on the planes, though? Because that could be why you're missing out on the rain. I've heard that but, primarily. <laughs> it's season, but it we is did a, a precipitation. We did a word. Word Mainly, primarily, yeah. You got it. Oh, yeah. you guys are the worst. She's doing great today. You really are. She's doing great. You know what? Really Honestly, are. I'm just happy to be. So far, you have not made a stand spitting joke at me <sighs> and didn't include it in my intro, Ben. So oh, man. it's going pretty well so far. Well, you're sitting down, right? I am sitting now. So you can spit fine right now. You don't have to worry about <laughs> Follow us on Instagram if you want to get these weird inside jokes. <laughs> anyway, today we're talking all about the recent release, 2019 release, I believe, uh, of Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. And Jason, this was your pick, so I'm going to throw to you first. But yeah, this is more than just another open world <laughs> side-scrolling platformer, right? It mo- so much more. Right? In my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason anyway. sitting there in his jammies looking like a kid on Christmas morning ready to talk about this is really so it's truly delightful and I wish everyone could experience we're it also kind of scared because I know it's my turn next yeah and we're, we're oh. going to talk about the history the the history of this <laughs> this game historical game that came out six months ago <laughs> the making of development of this game I guess the history of the world of this game is yeah. is, is lengthy yeah long lorish yeah, oh. yeah lorish uh, and then we'll talk about the gameplay. Those will probably overlap because since Corey's joined the podcast, it just kind of we just kind of talk for an hour about stuff. We didn't <laughs> so you added a woman to the podcast and it yeah. started yeah. rambling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't say that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> then we get into what's the drink, what's the song, what, what else we're playing, what we're playing next month, so on and so on. It's like the previous episode of this yep. or the previous 39 episodes of this. Yes. It's very similar yeah. in the formula of the episode. This one falls in line. Uh, but if this is your first episode, you made a great choice. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be a really good one. I can feel it. Yeah. So but before we get into history, can we just start off with like 
two or three sentences each, yeah. which I know for us means like five minutes each, <laughs> of what was our like mid-game mindset of uh, this game? Like day 39, you, you know kind of the setup to the game. You know all the devices, what you need to be doing. You know where you failed in the past. I'll go first because I'm throwing this question out randomly. We didn't prepare for it. Day 39, I probably I wanted to hit all three gyms every single day. I wanted to go to every single class, Monday through Friday. I was going to every test, making sure I was taking notes every Saturday. Just another question. Jason's turning. Oh, okay, stop. Anyway, uh, I wanted to make sure as soon as class was done, I was beating up on my rivals. I was doing the research project for the principal. Buying every single game was my, or buying every single item was my priority of this game. Like completionist. Is that, should, was there like a story I should have been following? Because really, <laughs> I was just kind of going from screen to screen constantly until he made me go to bed. Yeah, no, that, that sounds good to me. I was, was that where you I were? I was in a similar, similar place, less completionist and more like, what, what do you feel like doing today, Ringo? Yeah. Let's go find out yeah. together, yeah. you and me. Okay. I like that. Uh, Ringo, my large adult son. Um, I, like <laughs> I want to know what you're about. All right. Corey, what about you? Well, it's cute that you think I got to date 39. Um, (laughs) I I didn't finish it partly because I have been on vacation for two weeks so far. Uh, and partly because of the person I am. Uh, and I will say though, that I think I was playing it kind of because I got the emergency phone call from Jason partway through. I was playing it more like that with the like, you know, all right, what are we up to right now? Where are we headed? Where are we going? And then also I was lost. So I didn't even have like a way to get to where I wanted to go as any form of completionist goal. I was mostly just wandering and hoping I ended up somewhere I wanted to be. So yeah, that was how I was playing that game. Fair, fair enough. Uh, the the history before we dive back into the, yeah. the issues that we had getting started, I guess. Maybe we can start with uh, why I chose this game. There we go. And I like then, that. And then yeah. it's, uh, um, so I read about it on, I don't remember which random Nintendo. Kotaku. Site. Kotaku, sure. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it, it described it as uh, River City Ransom plus the RPG elements of Persona 5. I was like, you love that. I'm, I'm at least interested in Persona 5. I've got thoughts on. Okay. Uh, but I like the gameplay of it. I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Um, and so I was like, that, that sounds really cool. Um, and the more I read about it, the more I was talking about how it just creates this aesthetic and, and this, um, this kind of emotion of malaise. It's like, I, I kind of like mm. the idea of a video game that's really simple. It creates this, this big emotional uh, state. Yeah. And I got more and more interested in it. It just seemed, I don't know, it seemed weirdly right up my alley as I watched videos of people fighting and then just sitting in a corner and smoking and, and brooding like the fact that, <laughs> that that's something your character can do and does quite often is just like go over to the corner and smoke and steer out over the water. It does seem like the like screenshots of it. When we first looked at it, it seemed like prisoner of war or like Contra or like very like late. I guess like a lot of the mall games, right? Late eighties, yep. early nineties side scrolling platformer game. Yep. But the fact that you can also just the fact that it's open world in that you interface yeah. was kind of mind blowing to me in the first couple hours. Well, and so I mentioned River City Ransom. Um, that's one of the games it's really influenced by. And I remember playing River City Ransom as a kid, but I'd completely forgotten that it was actually open open world and R- an RPG. And this is oh, in weird. the mid '80s. Um, so River yeah. City Ransom. If you haven't played it, you should check it out. If you've got a Switch and you've got um, Nintendo Online, you can actually just go play it on that NES emulator that's installed oh, nice. on your Switch. River City Ransom's right there. Um, and so when it was translated over from Japanese to English, it lost a lot of the idea that they're high school kids. Uh, it lost some of the story stuff, 
but it retains the open world RPG elements, which is you can kind of go in whatever direction you want. It's mm-hmm. not just left to right. There's lots of uh, different streets you can go down, and there's kind of an overworld map that you don't really see, but you kind of intuit. And you can go into shops, and you can buy stuff that are upgrades. The entire experience is about two hours if you like play through the whole game. So it's much more restrained than this. Um, and so uh, that's kind of what Ringo was based on. Uh, Ringo was made by a um, Russian developer named Yeo, Y-E-O. Um, and it's really a one-man team. So if you look through the credits, he did almost all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad did the uh, some of the pixel art. Uh, which, which is fun, too, because his dad is not an artist. It yeah. was like, oh, he's like a old retired dude. I love it. Uh, he's got nothing else to do. He's like, Dad, you want to do these pixels? <laughs> you know, learn to do this. And he's like, well, okay. That's how they end up doing the art to this game, which is very fun, in my opinion. And I love the art so much. And I wonder yeah. if yeah. it has anything to do with him not have, having done it before, with having no ex- expertise, like just thinking of new stuff because he doesn't know how you're supposed to do it. Like it just right. really, oh, really yeah. good. Yeah, it's really unique. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's basing it actually on the entire series that River City Ransom came out of. Uh, it's called uh, the Kunio Kun series in Japanese. This is um, like the third time you've explained this to me, at least. I know. I'm, I'm going to get it this time. I've, I've, I've got down. Mm, so, okay. <laughs> Technos is so Kunio, a... No, Kun means little. No. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> not quite. Can you tell where I get confused? <laughs> yes. No, so like no. literally at the name? It's where you're, you're losing this, losing the thread. Yeah. I'm going to go to sleep for a while. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so there's this Japanese uh, video game company called Technos and they had an arcade game that later got translated to um, English as Renegade. Uh, this was the first game in the uh, River City Ransom series. Um, and that was such a hit that they made a Nintendo version of it. Um, and the lead character in it is a guy named Kunio Kun. That Kun at the end is a diminutive like um, Lil Kunio or Kunio Bud or whatever, something like that. Does that like mean... Ito. Like yes. Ito. Does that mean in like Japan, Ito. John Kun's name means Lil John? Yes. Okay, just make it sure. Yes. <laughs> John doesn't uh, even listen to this podcast, and he's getting this nice little shout out. I do. For- mm-hmm. and you, You're just always thinking about him, and it's really sweet. He's our lead singer. You got stuck mm-hmm. on the uh, the little part, so I want to just emphasize that it doesn't actually mean little. Think okay. not, like past You're I, still stuck on the little. Part. Never not be stuck on. Okay. That. All right. L I L apostrophe. All right. Um, what does it mean again? It's just. Oh my word. god. It's. Like, it's <laughs> a rapper. It, no. God no. Why does this keep happening? I will never get into it. While you do, you do this. I'm just gonna bring up the entire list of games. All so right, here we go. So <clears throat> I think Left for Dead would have been better if John <laughs> had been rapping. Yeah. For all of the songs. Yes. Not just the one song. Did he rap on a song? That was me. I don't think. Yeah, that was you. You forgot it was you. I don't know. Renegade in Japanese was usually <laughs> called uh, Niketsu Koha Kunyokun. Got it. Um, and it's uh, translated to Hot Blooded Tough Guy Kunio. Oh, Kun would love that nickname. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean that rolls off the tongue. Yeah. So that uh, Niketsu is the hot blooded. And this becomes the Niketsu High School. And yes, in the game, it's called Niketsu High. And that sounds like it'd be a real high, but you, you know that it's like, it means hot-blooded. Like, mm. is it better? I like it. Right. Okay. It's kind of funny. So uh, Kunio, which is the star of Renegade, he's a high schooler. He gets in fights. Um, that's mainly the story. By the time they get to River City Ransom, there's actually a story where uh, 
his arch rival uh, Ricky or Rico, I can't remember. His uh, girlfriend gets kidnapped, and they have to go rescue her from a rival high school. Um, but this goes on for twenty years, and there are lots and lots of games, and they're not just these side-scrolling beaten em ups. In fact, you've probably played some of the other games, but none of them were translated as being part of a series. So you know how Mario has like Mario Golf, crazy, and Mario. Sure. Sure. Um, well, Cuneo sometimes, like after school, would be on the soccer team. And right. so they've got like Cuneo soccer. Sure. But you just played it as, as soccer on the Nintendo. So I was just uh, in bed oh, okay. a few minutes. If you recognize that song I was playing for you in, during the opening, the. That's the, uh, the old Nintendo um, soccer game where, like, when you slide tackle someone, their eyes bug out and they, like, and fall really down. Big hands. And big hands running around. That sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, yeah. Super dodgeball. They had a volleyball one. I definitely played all of these as a kid and did not realize that they were related. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, they just didn't brand them at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And since everything looked alike at the time, you would just be like, yeah, so the characters look alike. <laughs> right. And they would cut the things at the beginning where there'd be, like, basically a cutscene. Where it would start right. with Cunio being like, well, better go off to soccer practice. Yeah. So straight from the menu to the game. Yep. Yep. So they just just skip that part. Has so, anyone made like one game that just brings them all together? Oh, that's good. Uh Yeo did. Oh, I thought you were gonna say lost <laughs> levels. Oh, yeah, okay. Lost Fair levels. enough. Good point. Lost levels. Oh no, yeah. I'm not gonna do that. Oh, we'll keep we going into go down that. You don't want to go down the road? The, okay. lost, the Mario Lost Levels? Yeah. You want it? I want it because I don't have any research in this episode. No, we're good. All right, we'll skip it. Um, <laughs> well, Corey doesn't get to know. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to come back up. This doesn't yeah, feel no. like something you're not obsessed with. Oh, I'll bring it up again. Yeah. So that, I, I say all that to just tell you that there's a much larger context for this. I actually showed Ben some of the Super Nintendo games, and the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. games look pretty dope, actually, yeah. for Super Nintendo games. Yeah. They're like River City Ransom, except like big hands, lots of anime, lots of people's eyes narrowing and looking and glaring and, you know. Lots of punching and kicking, which is what I've been playing for the past few weeks. Punching and kicking Ringo. It's kind of perfect. Yeah. Um, As I was looking through those, uh, I did find some ROMs online. ROMs, the way you play video games that you don't have actual system for, you can download. Named after ROM Manual. ROM Manual. That's correct. Um, That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. (laughs) Don't look it up. And uh, (laughs) I noticed that one of them had uh, an English translation. And a Russian translation, and a bunch of them had Russian translations. And all of a sudden, I started to see the kind of the kind of entire history of this game, where for whatever reason, the ROM hacking community translated these Kunio Kun games into Russian. And I can imagine a young Yeo actually being able to play these games in translation, mm. right? And so I'm not sure entirely why that language was chosen. There were only two or three languages that it was translated to, Russian being one of them. And this game, I think, was fairly popular in Russia at a certain time. But he is certainly much more aware of the entire series than I ever was growing up. So I say that to, to set up the stakes of Ringo is really a love letter to those games. And Ooh. it's a game about nostalgia, and he's living through his nostalgia through these older video games. Um, right. And so that, that's one of the things here. This is a version of Mario or Sonic or something like that, mm. a longer mascot for a series of games and games and games. When we've got criticisms of Ringo, uh, and I think we should, We've got to also remember, uh, it's like us saying to somebody who has done some kind of like parody of Mario. Yeah, but it just feels like this parody is kind of an Italian stereotype. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> right, but I can't do right. a parody of Mario without at least referencing that. Sure. Italians are always fixing pipes. That's right. 
Always. They fix those pipes. There's, that's all I know are Italian plumbers. That's right. Yeah, they don't do anything else. I don't think you expected it to be as much of a hit as it's been. It's not, you know, I don't think it's on a lot of people's game of the year list or anything like that. It's not huge, huge, but yeah. it's a single developer game that mm-hmm. has gathered quite an interest. Oh, yeah. Um, so what jumped out to you guys is why do you think that happened? Is there mm-hmm. something special about this game, something interesting about this game that has made it popular? Even if, Corey, it seems like you weren't all that into it, but sure, it yeah. jumped out to you as being unique. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the, my not being into it is, I'm certainly not equating with it not being a good game. And I think it is very unique and interesting. And you said it doesn't make like a lot of games of the year uh, list, but it feels like one of those things that it's so unique that if it's on a list, someone has this sort of the description that you read before of like what this brings together and this, what was the word that you used for um, like the tone? Did I say malaise? Yeah, malaise. Like, to have a game that's kind of like this, I ended up, because I wanted to see how it ended. You told me, you told me? You told me that, uh, you know, it kind of ends the same no matter what you do. So I went and I looked up the ending of it and watched, you know, somebody's video on YouTube, who was really obnoxious, but it was the only video that I could find. And that very, I don't know, melancholy ending to it, and that sort of, um, it doesn't leave you having had fun per se, and it doesn't leave you feeling like uplifted or anything like that. It's kind of the antithesis of Yoku in that sense. Um, That just feels like, I think there really is something for people to look at this and be like, this isn't like stuff that I've been playing before. And maybe this reflects something that is a a feeling I feel in my day-to-day life that I've never thought I would see reflected in a video game, if that makes any sense. Mm, Now that you're talking about this, Mm -hmm. remind me, it's almost an anti-gamification game. Um, you know, game of games where like mm-hmm. you get the little uh, dopamine reward for leveling up, you get the little whatever right. for getting better. No, I'm shaking my head at Jason because I think this is the distillation of gamification well, of games. Sure, uh, oh. modern gaming. Okay, um, I want to hear both ends of this. Wait, Jason, yeah. continue your point, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I want to hear the counterpoint here. I think it has all the gamification stuff, and they all just kind of peter out. Like they don't mm. go anywhere. Mm. Like the fact that mm. okay. you can level up your HP. It's like you have the promise of it, right, and then right, it goes right, away. Right, right. You can you can uh, start putting up your HP in this really direct way, Yeah. and you have to work out to do it, and you have to save up all this money, and then you're done after like five sessions, and it's like, yeah. well, I'm maxed out now. Yeah. And you max out all of this stuff fairly early. Like you can, not 100%, but you can, you know, 100% your character about mid-game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just feel like level 99. Like 20 games left or 20 days left or whatever. Yeah. You can still do all of the training. Mm-hmm. And then why are you still doing it? And uh, how many days did you say that it ends up coming out to again? 60 something. I think 66. 61. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so one of the other gamification things that you can do here is the um, reading a book, right? And this is where mm-hmm. you first get that message is you spend all this time cranking through your first book. And it's difficult because you got to like break away from all the other stuff you're doing. It's confusing. You're like, I don't know. Should I be reading right now? Is this going to help? Took me a while to figure out if I like. I knew there's a book on my shelf. Right. I picked it up. It said in use. I was like, how? Do yeah, you I didn't know what that meant. That was no tutorialization. No onboarding. Actually, yeah. By the way, the tutorial is all on um, the Steam community, and it's written by Damn Yeo in wow. really broken English. Wow. Um, nice. Kind of beautiful because he he does not speak primarily English. He speaks Russian. Uh, somebody yeah. localized the game for him. This is like in between developing the face app yeah. sessions. He's yeah. like answering. <laughs> yeah. So um, interesting. When you're that first gamification of reading, right? And you get to the end and he puts out the book and says, 
that book was about nothing. <laughs> yeah. And that's the response. And like, none of your stats go up and no. nothing happens. Like, nothing. What? Oh. <laughs> and I found myself reading every book in the library. Yeah. And then I got like this bonus of like, now you got this read reading thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I, that's not why I did it. Like, okay, fine. And then I had to go find the bookstore. I had to go read every book in the bookstore. Yes. Then I found out that I could talk to one of my classmates about each of the books. And it wasn't about unlocking things. It wasn't about like, ooh, I can only unlock this dialogue option this way. It was like, I want to go talk to somebody about this book that I read. Yeah. I got to find out. <laughs> like, what, just like life. What Yuki thinks of uh, Brothers Karamazov. This is going to be great. Yeah. And they do occasionally. <laughs> yeah. There are, yeah. There are characters around the school that you'll be like, oh, I read that book about this guy. Yeah. And she'll be like, oh, it was sad, wasn't it? Or yeah. Like, quick dialogue about certain books. I, I guess it like, it gets unlocked when you, after you read the book, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, it's cool. That was pretty it, rewarding. And, and it is rewarding, and it's in a non-gamification way. Yeah. It's, and, and so that's my thesis for why it's about an anti-gamification is, I think that the thing that you, you pause to be like, wait, but it's got so much gamification. Right, right, like, right. But it does it all so poorly, but like almost intentionally poorly. Yeah. It, it ignores the level up, the dopamine part. That's right. like, oh, I got to the next level. I, got, I unlocked this gun. I unlocked right. this thing or whatever. It gives you like one. And it yeah. could like you you could feel like it could continue this off for like hours and hours. You and get hours. better at fighting in the first 20 days. Yep. And then you kind of level off there. Yeah, I would agree with everything you said. I think to me, going back to my like when when I get a new game, like what, back in the day when I get like the new NBA game, I would spend the first three hours creating my character and <laughs> leveling them up. By three hours, I mean 40 to 60 hours. Yeah. And like create you know, with like the make it look exactly smile. like you. And sometimes it'd be me, sometimes I'd make you, sometimes whatever, I'd make whoever. You no, know, you would always make everyone you knew. You would start yes. with you. Yeah, that's why yeah. it's 60 hours. It, in college, I definitely made several football teams with all of my friends on wow. the football team. <laughs> and that's pretty on brand. Anyway, uh, and so once we start and like playing the game was secondary to just like the menus yeah. and being creative with all of the characters. And I'd make up storylines with my friends and we'd put each other on opposite teams and we'd like guard each other and stuff. And so the, the dopamine hits of what was that company? Yungi or whatever that makes like work with friends. Oh, makes all yeah. those games. Oh. Just dopamine hits in a yeah. game. Yeah. Zynga. Zynga. Right. Z Y N G A. I'm going with Zynga. I'm going with Zynga. Anyway. Zynga. <laughs> Corey probably knows that, that I, I, company that makes words with friends and all those other games that are just like constantly yeah. like, Hey, that next level is right around the corner. Play as long until you, until you get it. And then you get that next power up and it's that constant dopamine hits. Like you were saying, those dopamine hits get in my way of <laughs> the gaming. Yes. Completely. Even if the mm. gaming is insanely like endlessly inane. Yep. My favorite game of all time. Tetris. Tetris. It's pretty oh, mindless. It's the perfect game. <laughs> There's like three strategies to it. And one will get you over the million point thing. Like, there's not really a lot going on there mentally. Multiple number one placements in uh, te Tetris 99. Tetris 99. And wow. It's, but it's, there's not like, you don't unlock a thing in that game. Yeah. So I think to that, I, there was like a, I'm going to steal Jason's word. You invented Zen, right? <laughs> Very Zen in the idea of just like going through the motions and the. No, Jason, you brought up Orientalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. I'm, anyway. I'm just kidding, but yeah, go ahead. Between motorcycle maintenance. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but the idea of just like, I know there's not going to be a next level or a power up or whatever to this. Tomorrow is going to be exactly like today, but I still need to go to all the gyms. Yep. I still need to get 10 more percent of my research project for the principal. I, need, I still need to do these things. And I think while I wasn't playing, I was bored. Yeah. Like, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I decided to get back tonight and play for another two hours. Yeah. And while I was playing, I was never bored. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Totally. I get to go beat up some guys. Yes, totally. it was exactly like the previous day, but 
let's just keep playing this, I guess, even though there's no story, a very little story. Yep. And in the end, it was a little touching. Like, I wasn't tearing up, but it was like, oh, I guess there was an overall story. Maybe I missed it. Yep. It was friends ditching him. And did like, you, did you go to Goro's play? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I went to his play. He was great. Right? Stella! So good. Um, in this game, compared to, say, the way that we were, you know, so when you were playing, um, what was the game we just played? Life is Strange. Life is Strange. Uh, you were kind of coming at it from this, like, contrarian angle, right? Where you were like, I don't want to make all the most basic choices. And I want to yeah. do this as someone, like, I'm not playing this as me. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing this as, like, sort of an interesting experiment with this game. Uh, the way you just described the way you played this sounded like you in high school. I'm like, oh, so Ben just played himself here. Did you feel like you were playing this more as you? Then I want to know why you say that. Did you get in a lot? Well, of, just like a lot of fights with the random. No, no, not the not the fights part, but the way that you were talking about like sort of the academic elements of this and like your sort of goals and the way you played it and the way that you kind of did stuff to improve yourself and like what you expected out of each day, like going through the day to day didn't bother you because you were like, I have these kinds of things I meet. So I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do like a, B and C to better myself or things like that. You know, I feel like the way you played it felt very true to who you are aside from fighting. So did you feel like you played this more as you than you did with life is strange? Like these goals were more familiar to what you would actually do in life. I didn't think about it that way. Than me, and I just played the game like me. Yeah, because you weren't actively trying to defy yourself exactly. this time. There wasn't a, yeah. a clear A and B choice where I could sit down and be like, "What one should I choose? What's Jason going to choose? What's Cor-? I know yeah. I just played the game because yeah. of the the lack of perceived choice, right? Even though there's choice constantly because it's open world. It's not. Like, yeah. I guess it is. Lin- oh, anyway, I don't know. It's open world and linear at the same time, kind of like Life is Strange in that way. But I didn't yeah. to answer your question. I would play it like me. Yeah, and it's interesting because I feel like listening to you talk about it, I'm like, I think I played it very much like me and my like anxious sort of nature. And like I wasn't necessarily a super great student and things like that. And being like, oh great, I'm late. I've ruined everything. I might as well go do something else here. Oh geez. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. completely just uh in that weird headspace that I would have been in that time. And there's something interesting wow. about it making you do that, like yeah. making you think like you at that space. I don't know, Jason, did you feel that way too? Yeah. Well, I want to use this as a way to transition into talking about the ending. So yeah. Button in here. Um, but I, I played it as a Tamagotchi. Oh yeah. And that's how you described it to me too. Like this is your Tamagotchi. Yeah. But it was, it it was not just getting Ringo good grades. It was getting Ringo good grades. So he'd get his money. So he wouldn't have to worry about money. Right. And so Mm -hmm. go out and do other things. Right. Yeah. And then fights when he wanted to and things like that. So it wasn't about like, I'm going to, you know, level him up. It was like, I'm going to get all A's so that I got my money. I got that taken care of. You didn't, things are set. You didn't get that gold chain? I did not. I got the gold <laughs> chain. By the way, you got the in game video game. Nothing happens when you get the no. gold chain. Doesn't even change his appearance. He no. puts it under his tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> it cost eight grand and I yep. bought it. Yep. Um, and so what I want to talk about is the, the ending. So, Corey, you saw the ending. Were you mm-hmm. able to imagine it was your Ringo? when you watch the ending, like it did it like you know? as in like it's me or as in, well, cause this is kind of what you just said about this, I think is interesting too, is that you were playing Ringo as a pet. Yeah. Uh, and we were playing Ringo as us. Yeah. 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 So did you, when you watched the yeah. ending on YouTube, did it feel like the same play experience as you, or did it feel like you're watching somebody else play it? And I asked that because it's only got one ending. Yeah. But yeah. It's kind of got infinite endings. Mm-hmm. How you played Ringo. 
Mm-hmm. Ringo's silent, and I think his silence allows you to fill in a lot. Yeah. He's, he's uh, Clint Eastwood from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, right? He doesn't right. say anything, and therefore that's why we care about him because we can fill in all of the things we think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what, what was that ending like for Corey's Ringo? And that's it's harder for me to say because I didn't get as far into the game. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I think I was a little bit sad about it. And, and it is interesting to think about when you ask it that way because I'm like, how did I interpret this from, okay, if I'm thinking of Ringo as me and this sort of happening and this, I felt disappointed in it, like not in it as an ending, but like right. being disappointed in yourself. That's like, how am I repeating yeah. patterns that are terrible for me? You know, like what, how did I get myself into this situation? Totally. You know, where, yeah. So I think that there was definitely that sense. I realized that I didn't say what the ending actually is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You should describe that. Yep. No, that's my bad. Um, <laughs> I'm so, interested to hear your description because there is so it's, it's, Dialogue that gets him into it, and then it's him alone for a while. Yeah. So, like you're yeah. saying, it's I'm interested Lots to hear your interpretation of, of the ending because it's probably different than what I think it was. And and I'm going to try and go very very basic and do like no interpretation. Yeah, yeah. no interpretation. Okay. Just yeah. this is what we see. Yeah. During the course of the game, you make a lot of friends. Well, you've already got friends, and you talk to them about stuff. Yeah. Uh, you get to know each uh, basically your three friends. Um, and you know, including Ken. Ken. Yeah. Including Ken. Ken's there, uh, but he never joins you. He, he's the only uh, house you can go to is Ken's. You're right. <laughs> Ever there though? What? Yeah, Ken's not home. Uh, Ken's not home. Sorry, Ringo. Um, <laughs> no, he's always home too. I know. It's so frustrating. He's just looking. You see the blinds move. Like, yeah. Mom, Sorry, I'm not here. <laughs> so um, you make these four friends, or you have these four friends throughout the game, and they each kind of develop their own personalities through the game, like in really, really minor ways. Like Goro is definitely crushing hard on a girl, and she is not into him, and so he puts all of his angry, like meathead passion into not beating people, but getting into the school play. and With her, right? I Isn't think she in the so. play? Yeah. It's Zac Efron in High School Musical. Yes. And <laughs> we're all thinking that. Yeah, obviously. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly. That's what you have me here for, guys. Filling in the blanks. I'm thinking what everyone at home is thinking. That's probably true, actually. <laughs> so, so he plays Marlon Brando, and yes, that is the character's name in Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. <laughs> the character is Marlon Brando. Stella. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, it and it's like this great passionate moment for him. Uh, Masaru, I think, is the uh, gambling addict. Yeah, and uh, he's in trouble with the local mob or whatever. Yeah, yep. And uh, but you go and like play pool with him sometimes. Yeah, and like hang out, and he like totally kicks your ass in pool because yeah, like you know this <sighs> he wakes you up at two a.m. one night to go to the the pier. Yeah, to talk about how Did, much trouble how, he's in. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Shin Shinjo Shinji. Uh, somebody else uh, is yeah. Um, yeah, like that. the ladies' man, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and always got a different girl. And you go on a double date with him one time. Yeah, and Ken just degaffs. That is who Ken is. <laughs> he falls out of school, or he gets yeah. kicked out, or something. He just, he just doesn't go. He's oh no, he karate cl- or uh, he's on the karate team. The karate? No, he's uh, in the he's a boxer. He's on the boxing team for high school. He yeah. breaks his hand. Yep. Yeah, and he's like going to get a college scholarship. Yeah, for yeah, boxing yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. That's, and he breaks his hand, yeah. and he's not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, the game kind of culminates in this big long fight where uh, Masaru's girlfriend, Shin- Shinjo's girlfriend, Shinjo. Does that sound right? Is that possible? Somebody look up the character names for this game. Um, Is there just like a characters list in the wiki? No. Uh, there's no wiki. There's no wiki. There's no wiki. What? I didn't even know such a thing could happen in there. exist. No, it's just Yeo posting stuff on Steam. Yeah. That's all <laughs> like it's a, it's, a, like, it's a big community, but it's just him talking to people on Steam. All right. So 
Okay, uh, so well. It culminates in this big fight where uh, somebody stole uh, what's-his-name's girlfriend, and uh, they are going to have a fight with this rival gang, and you have yeah. to go to school, and they uh, catch you at school, and you just fight wave after wave after yeah. or wave of enemy to awesome. get out of the school. It's, it's so great. great. It's, like, really, really cool. It was cool. And you get out, and you feel, this is not the ending. Yeah, I was like, wait. Carla yeah. looks confused because she didn't see this part. This is like day yeah. 58 or yeah, something. Yeah, day 58, like you're really close to the ending. Of course, they always yeah. do it on a Saturday, so you missed your tests. You can't get your scholarship. You got, right, it's right, fine. Right, sorry, sorry. Settle down. Um, yeah, like this huge emotional thing. And it's like you felt your crew kind of pulling apart. And this mm. is when you all finally come together. And it's like, yeah, it's actually going to happen. The friends of Ish- Ringo Ishikawa really are friends. We really do we care about this. each other. It matters. And then about a week later, your friend, what's his name, wants to tell you something. And uh, before he can tell you, you're interrupted by a stranger saying, hey, that rival gang you beat up, they're back. They caught Goro. They ambushed him, and he's in a coma. And you're like, all right, let's go. Let's go. And your friend, what's his name, says, uh, hey, Ringo. Um, yeah, let's go beat him up. And like, doesn't tell you whatever he was going to tell you. So you go try and gather Ken to get and, and Masaru and you gather everybody to like do the fight. And when you get to Ken, Ken finally tells you like, dude, no one's going. That's not going to happen. I know you have this big revenge plan, but no one is going to join you. And it's tough because a week ago you had like this great, huge yeah. coming together thing. And Ken's like, no, no one's going. I'm not going. I'm not interested in that. I'm not a child. Uh, it's one thing when they catch us and try to kill us. Yes, I will fight my way out of that. I'm not going to go looking for a fight. And like whoever was cheating on whoever with the rebel gang, like they made up. Yeah, yeah, like, the, yeah they made up. They made yeah. Uh, Masaru's not coming because he just stole 20 grand out of my house. Um, <laughs> so I don't think he's going to show up uh, to pay off his gambling debts. But don't worry, he'll accrue some more next week. Uh, <laughs> and he's probably going to, you know, lose a finger at some point. Um, you say, Ken, you tell Ken, you know, I trust my friends. I know what's going on. I will see you at the train station at 6 p.m. And Ken goes, I'm not going. And you're like, I will see you there at 6 p.m. And so then you've got an hour to do what you want with, and eventually you end up at the train station. And it's just you waiting at the train station. Train gets there. No one is there. And you get on the train. You ride to a new area in the rain. You get out and you start fighting wave after wave after wave of enemy. But you can't get off the train platform. And you just fight for about three or four minutes straight. And then the screen, up on the screen, the words, the friends of Ringo Ishikawa come up while you're still playing. And as you're still fighting and you're controlling your character, the screen slowly fades to black. And that's the ending. When the guy I was watching was playing it too, the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa thing came up and he was like, yeah, where are the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, womp, womp. It's like that guy noticed late. Yeah. (laughs) So, Corey, with that background now, uh, you you said you felt like, oh, I wanted to get out of this cycle of violence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that was, I did vaguely know that was what happened. I read the YouTube comments on that and stuff like that. So I kind of, you know, essentially knew that was what happened. Um, yeah. So that was kind of my, my interpretation watching that is just kind of like, as he's just, this guy particularly just used the same move over and over again, which I think really gave the futility of the whole endeavor, this extra layer to it. Cause he was just doing that thing where you throw him over your shoulder. So he did that with every single enemy and just watching him for three, four minutes, yeah. just throwing these enemies until it faded to black was just like, God damn, you know, <laughs> like this is, yeah, this is futile. This is endless. And what a, you know, sucky set of decisions you've made yep. to bring yourself to this point when this is, this is so pointless. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ben, how about you? Yeah, I think playing it as myself, I, I definitely didn't think of it as myself the whole time. But what Corey said, I think the actions that I made were the choices that I would have made if I had played it my, as myself. And so there was a separation between me and Ringo at the end where I wasn't like, what's going to happen to me? It was like, yeah. oh, it's going to happen to this guy. I can't believe his friends left him. Right. Um, but I guess because there was that I can't believe his friends left him, I was on his side. Yes. From that angle. <laughs> like, he's in this gang. He's doing all the right stuff. He's trying as best as he can. And they all ditched him. So he was definitely pro- the protagonist in my mind, even though he's kind of an anti-hero, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely thought it was the the most Tarantino-y, seven psychopathy. Like it, it went from like, no storyline to all of a sudden all this like rich backstory and like rich character building in the last week. Yeah, which I wish had been there the whole time because right. it was open world. It was very repetitive. There had yeah. been more cutscenes that had gotten in the way and maybe delayed that gratification of like, Oh, I got my $10,000 scholarship. I got my gold chain or whatever, these things that I've been working up for. Yep. If those had, you know, the, if the cutscenes and story had gotten in the way and kind of made those harder to achieve, yeah. I think it would have been, the ending would have been more gratifying yep. if I hadn't gotten a hundred percent of all the things in the game and by day 40 or whatever. Yep. Uh, and it would have been, I would have, we would have known all the characters names yeah. rather than what's his name. Uh, would have been more emotionally tied to that. So I think that might be a way the game is lacking unless the push by the, by Yeo is he wanted, he really wanted that kind of malaise or that like grind feel. Yeah. Cause there definitely was more of that, but yeah. in the, the last cutscene or I guess the ending was very much like, Oh, this is what I'm looking for the whole game. Mm. More emotional tie in more, yeah. more depth of character. Yeah. And yeah, I think I really per- it. for me, particularly the gameplay of the ending where you're playing through the screen slowly going to black. Yeah. It takes like three or four minutes. Like it takes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just bodies piling up oh, all around. <laughs> I wondered if it was just going to fill the screen for a while there. Like I was like, yeah. is that just how this goes? It just yeah. fills it. Yeah, and that's yeah. how it ends. Awesome. So it was like an <laughs> intensification of that futile grinding You're right, for me. Right. So it was like, it, it was not a big break from it. The other thing that I did throughout the game was make lots of other friendships other than those Four people. There was, mm-hmm. was the nerdy kid who wants to talk about gun every day and video games every day. It was, which was, I ran out of conversation options with him. <laughs> I, love him. I just check in with him every day. I um, loved his like, hey, you hear about those you know, 16 bit engines oh, or whatever coming out? 16 bit games are coming out. They're going to be so good. <laughs> it was all the conversations we had in <laughs> sixth grade. So good. Did you get to the ending of level six of Zelda yeah, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And then, and Ringo clearly doesn't play video games. Or he did, but he's embarrassed about it. Right. But he's like, no, I, I've never done that. I have no idea what you're talking about. But like, let's continue talking. Yeah. Um, the girl that you kind of flirt with, but never quite like, neither of you are really interested in each other, but you'd really like flirting with each you other. You like talking books. Yeah. Um, it's like all of those other friendships. So I had a, kind of a switch, you know, treating Ringo like a pet didn't feel disconnected to me. It was like, I actually felt like I get to go play Ringo and be in like a vacation world of like, oh, this is, this is where I am. I'll go live in Ringo's life for a while. But it was, that connection was really intensified in the ending where I felt much closer to him than I had throughout. And it was this sense of like, nothing I did mattered, right? And then in, in retrospect, after playing the game, it was this realization that Ringo seems like throughout the game, he doesn't care about anyone. He is, he is the most like, realist like the rest of you are caught up in all of this bullshit and i'm the only one who actually cares about real things right, that matter right and that's shown to be the exact opposite mm-hmm. every single other person has real lives going on they have real things oh, going on yeah. has this fantasy of friendship 
and courage and virtue. A man's word is all that matters, right? Yes. James starts with, what is a man without his word? Right. And and he says that at the end. And it's like, a man, that's what he is without his word. What's a human being without, like, living up to some weird existential promise? Just, they're a human being. That's what they are. And the fact this is that, also the plot of Stuber. Of what? Oh, yeah. Stuber, Stuber. the movie with Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjani. Oh, yeah. really? It came out. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, yeah. Okay. It was an. It was enjoyable. <laughs> that might be a too strong of a word, but it was a movie. Okay, fine. But that is the point of it, right? That like, is what is a man? We when you take away all of the like that that bullshit that like stuff that you like built up the mythology of what a guy is is like someone who fights for honor who like all these kinds of things and it's like that's no you take away all that and it's you still got a man there you know and for Ringo Uh, there's nothing right in that in that ending there's nothing there right um you know and so we don't know the ending is he killed is he put in a coma uh does he fight his way out I'm thinking not um (laughs) But whatever it is, he has, he's been killed because there's no meaning in his life. Nothing, right. Absolutely nothing matters. And this is a guy who started with like almost a bumper sticker on his forehead that says nothing matters. And to, <laughs> yeah. to have him as a character learn that nothing really matters is interesting, especially when everyone around him is finding meaning in their lives. Do you think oh, yeah. there's anything like culturally relevant about Russian culture to that? Just out of curiosity. I don't know anything about Russia. I'm just thinking, because when he talks about this game, he says he's not really trying to make them Japanese. He loves yeah. the idea of Japanese culture, but he's never been there. He's, you know, got this. And he's like, I'm t- thinking about my friends from high right. school uh, and things like that. So in having that kind of, that ending and that, you know, from that interpretation, do you think there's anything sort of culturally relevant about why that feel why that's how this ends i do and i, I want to bracket this with like i don't know russian culture enough to yeah. talk. I'm, I'm gonna make some some large claims that i probably can't back up um <laughs> but i sense that there's this real value of a kind of stoicism i remember hearing a story mm-hmm. mcdonald's really failed when it first came to russia um because the employees smiled too much mm-hmm. people didn't trust them if you're smiling like that like what's wrong with you why are right you and it's not a sense that, like, well, Russians are just sad. No, no, no. It's Americans aren't necessarily happy when we're smiling all the time. That's right. a cultural thing that we do to, like, try to put other people at ease. And it kind of shows off insecurities. Right. That's the mm-hmm. way that it might be seen by someone else. And so yeah. I see in this kind of this um, deconstruction of stoicism of, like, okay, but just telling ourselves that nothing really matters doesn't fix anything. Um, mm-hmm. And so all the novels that are being read. Right, they're referencing all of these Russian novels that are often very, um, you know, proto existentialist. Of you know, nothing happens, nothing matters, morals are lost, and that kind of thing. Um, but I don't think the message of the game is that nothing matters. That it's actually that 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 kind of mindset is pretty dissatisfying and is not in and of itself fulfilling. Doesn't mean that you're above it. People can, can get to that existentialist place of being like, ah, yes, we must imagine Sisyphus happy, and I will now move on with my life. <laughs> and they, they forget, like, but you've got to keep living your life. And right. I, so I think it's this kind of overcoming of existentialism rather than just reveling in it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why is it called a coma and not just coma? Like he's in coma. <laughs> is this like a like a British thing where like in hospital or you're in it in well, the hospital? Cancer. Yeah. Hopefully, none of us has a cancer. Yeah. <laughs> cancer, not coma. You have cancer. 
I'm in a cancer. What type of coma are there? Medically, it's like the Ukraine or Ukraine. I don't know. I just remember growing up, a coma was a disease. Yeah. Oh, he has a coma. He's in a coma. Oh no, not a coma. Right. Yeah. Why is it a thing you have instead of a like in? Not a thing you have. Like you're in and not a thing you have. Yeah. The A is the thing. Anyway, what's the drink? (laughs) I want to do one more thing. Sorry. Oh, okay. Because uh, Corey, you bring up the cultural stuff and mm-hmm. about Japan, um, but it's not right. It's not, yeah. Um, but clearly, it's uh, fetishization of Japan of the 1980s, right? mm-hmm. yeah. not just of Japan, but of the late 80s Japan, early 90s, right? Uh, leading into the lost decade of the Japanese recession, and you can feel a lot of that around the characters, uh, but also reflecting on uh, a time of various economic woes and things like that in Russia, and so. I, I just think it's a really interesting. This is now what the third game in a row that we've played that is like about cultural appropriation. Yeah, another culture, like a third uh, degree yep. telling of another culture. Yeah, and th- this is maybe the most complex of them because it's originally in Russian about Japanese being translated into English. Right. Um, it's like it's it's weird in that sense, and yet it ends up highlighting each of the cultures for us in interesting mm-hmm. ways. Not like, ah, this is the truest depiction of Japanese culture. Right. It helps us understand, you know, okay, what is the stereotype of Japanese culture? How do people understand it to be? Um, yeah. And yeah, those kinds of things. So I think it's interesting in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's what's so apt about that. You know, I joked about it before, but you're bringing up Orientalism and this kind of ultimate differentness, right, of, uh, of these Eastern cultures and whatnot. And I think this is interesting because I feel like it, it's doing that and also overcoming it simultaneously by making it so incredibly, this could be any culture's story in a sense, you know, and that's maybe whitewashing to a degree as well, but there's this sense of where most sort of fetishization of Asian cultures comes from this sort of like, wow, look at how exotic and different it is from uh, our Western world uh, that this does not necessarily, that's not necessarily what you get out of this a particular game. Yeah. It's not like a like what an other that we're looking at here so much as just a, a commentary on this this what is life? What does it mean? What do your actions mean? Yeah. Uh, that is supposed to be in some way, perhaps universal, perhaps very Russian. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Russian version of it, Orientalism is especially interesting because Russia spans so far right. east to west. Right. Mm-hmm. So, from the European point of view, Russia is Oriental, right? Russia yeah, it's Eastern. It absolutely is. And in the 19th century, Russia spends all this time trying to show that they're actually European. Mm-hmm. This huge buildup. And so they're, they're caught in between. And I think this is such a great kind of Janus-faced game, looking in, at looking East and West. Yeah. Um, to try, and usually the, the Russian version of that is to try to establish itself as in the West. Not in the right. West. And this is a yeah. game that's, that's not necessarily establishing itself as, ah, let's, let's bring back the Eastern roots of what Russia is. It's just, it's more a connection between all of these different cultures and mm-hmm. just bringing them into conversation, not necessarily to yeah. win or, or be the correct one or something like that. Yeah, exactly. In my mind, I think of Russia and, and Japan as being these like, not like diametrically opposed, but like such different cultures right. across the mm-hmm. world. Right. Like, oh, no, they're right, yeah. next, to right next to each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that move to make them European worked. I yeah. mean, yeah. for most of us, that is 
absolutely how we conceive of, mm-hmm. of Russian people. Uh, and so it is, you know, when you look at it and realize how actually geographically Eastern and in many parts of the of Russia as yeah. well, you know, culturally Eastern it can be, you know, you can see how those, those bonds should be something that are clearer, but instead we really have bought into the Russia as West and these are vastly disparate yeah. ways of being when instead this bridges that kind of gap between them and says, no, they aren't. Yeah. They're not that different from it, one another. It works to an extent, but yeah. the cost yeah. of becoming like a second class citizen of Europe, right? Right. Of, mm-hmm. uh, we, we use the term Western Europe and Eastern Europe. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Europe yeah, exactly. Means Russia or a former Soviet satellite state. Yeah. yeah. You think of Eastern European immigrants in Western Russia, I mean, Western um, Europe as being the way that we sort of look at like Mexicans and things like not we personally, but the current okay. administration and so yeah. forth talk about Mexicans and Syrians and things yeah, yeah. like that, like this pest coming in, you yeah. know, and people talk about the amount of Eastern Europeans coming in somewhere. You're not supposed to look at that the same way that you're like, oh, that person came from Norway or, you know, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You've been reading yeah. the president's Twitter too much, but yes. Yeah, yeah I know. It's true. It's true. It's bad for my health. Not well here. Not on vacation. Good for you. Good for you. All right. What's the what's the drink? Well, all right. Do, 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 do. This game's pretty fun. You with frustration. When I was all done, I just had to question. What's the view? What's the song? I can't always tell. I just want to know. What game is Westy 12? Yeah, you want to start it off? Absolutely. I chose Asahi Super Dry. Um, nice. A, a just super, super dry lager that comes in a big can. Uh, but mm-hmm. it reminds me of Japan and has similar like cultural fetishization around that of just like, ah, uh, yes, this is what it means to be Japanese. And I can order this at a sushi restaurant. And uh, and it does go well with sushi. I like it a lot. It does. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it's, it's also similar to the game in that it's very, very minimalist. You know, it's not hitting you over the head with hops or anything like that. Right. Um, and yet, you know, gets the job done. Yeah, it's almost like a Coors or a Bud, but there's something to it that makes it a little more pleasing and a little more that you feel like, oh, this is the cultural experience when I have it with my sushi. Yeah, the lo- <laughs> a little more might be cultural fetishization, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Corey, what was yours? Um, I kind of went on a similar track in my thinking about the drink. I went with soju. Uh, because again, yeah, similar kind of like, all right, when we think of Japan, what kind of things do we think of? But I didn't want to go as obvious as like sake. Uh, and because we're looking at delinquents, uh, in Japan, um, I, my delinquency in Japan was hanging out with punk bands all night and drinking soju and getting very wasted and, uh, you know, making the decisions that come with that. (laughs) And, uh, so I felt like for me, soju is what this game feels like. It's a night of too much soju with Japanese punk bands. And you mentioned delinquency and I just thought of another segment we're going to do just after your beer and song. So. So uh-huh. for, uh, give you a preview. It's going to be, what is your delinquency mode? Ringo's okay. Is hands in pockets, shoulders. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. What, what is your delinquency mode? I, well, okay, I like it. All right, all right. All right. I want to give you time to think. I went with one of my most, I guess, delinquent times in my life, which was happening in Las Vegas, where I fell in love with white Russians. Yes, which is good apt, call. That right? makes sense. Uh, but yeah. How if we had two stories from you of Vegas and both different drinks? Oh, no, the last one was Hawaii, huh? I know, it was AMF, 
right? AMF. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was the the uh, AMF. Yeah. I've been to Vegas twice. It's two drinks for you. Anyway, yeah. uh, it he, had, seems... he had one drink each time. Yeah. Was very yeah. I've been more than once. I think. <laughs> Five times. Anyway, it seems like Ringo would want to reach for a stiff drink, and mm-hmm. this would, this might be one that he would go for, being Russian, sure, right? Uh, but also after a fist fight, I would want something not only sweet, kind of like lift my spirits, mm. but also a stiff drink, and it's a lot of vodka, as much as you want. In fact, it is yeah, right, Russian. So it's nice. It's got a, three ingredients, and you just you can kind of make them however you want, however you feel that day. It can be a sweet drink, it can be a stiff drink. Yep, white Russian. Yeah. Uh, what's your song, man? My song is I was at very basic level just thinking like what's a good fight song and I was like oh fight song Appleseed cast Appleseed cast nice this would be the song playing in Ringo's mind as he's kind of heading to that last final showdown and the lyrics, I won't read all of them. I'll read all of them. No. Uh, so the lyrics kind of go through a breakup, someone cheating on someone that we're finding fault. You kissed her or slept with him or you didn't care. They're kind of talking about the, like who got together with who in the, in the different gangs and, and the, there's definitely confusion in that. And then it goes to, this is, this is the end. There's nothing to keep. This is the end of you and me as the ice comes down at the end, as the lies come down, come out it's the end as the tears flow out it's the end the end of you and me so it's the end of the game but also the end of him and his gang breaking up and possibly the end of Ringo as well so i thought the lyrics were apt. and also, you like, didn't even point out take your trouble solo right isn't that yeah, the like yeah, yeah, the big refrain in that refrain. yeah exactly yeah. right yeah there, <laughs> it really is one of those songs where i picked it be, um, for like surface level and then read mm-hmm. through the lyrics I was like oh no this is a hundred percent something ringo could be thinking nice we're Twer? Twer he a real character. Twer he real. <laughs> Jason. Oh, no, we'll go back the other way. Corey, what's your song? Uh, my, I uh, forgot to make sure that I picked the right song title and band name, so I may be making this up completely. But <laughs> I, I was like, oh, i got to go back to this, and then I never went back to it in my notes. But the song that I think I picked is Up All Night by Unwritten Law. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So that is a song, right? Yes. I didn't make that up. Okay, good. And again, we're, uh, it was that feeling of this uh, self-destructive delinquency and that this is basically about dude going out with his friends and talking about automatic satisfaction and all this kind of stuff and staying out all night to see the sun come up again, which felt very relevant because I didn't know how to go to bed. And so a lot of times I was walking around like, how do I get home? Yeah. I guess I just keep on beating people up out here instead or whatever, playing pool. But it's just sort of a song that really I felt resonated with ultimately like the journey he's on and where he ends up in this game of very self-destructive sense of who he's supposed to be in this story as opposed to, you know, that untoxic masculinity mm-hmm. that we learned from Stuber. I'm just going to come back to Stuber. Let's come back to Stuber. Stuber you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm doing it every single day. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Shiro. Shiro was the guy's name. Wow. Right. Oh, how'd you find it? Or did it just come to you? 
Uh, I, I pulled up the uh, a playthrough of the game. <laughs> oh, there you go. I've had it in my lap looking for for quotes for my final quote. Nice. Nice. Um, so my song is because uh, this is gonna piss Ben off. It's Hey by the Pixies. Oh god! He actually asked me not to to request it as my song. <laughs> I specifically requested um, this not happen. But the and now you have to edit it in. Yeah. Yep. So no, my real reason for choosing it is not just to make Ben listen to it a bunch, uh, but because it's so minimalist. It's so it's not just few instruments and uh, minimalist in terms of like low quality uh, vocals and things like that. Uh, but it's also like I swear like the same four notes over and over mm-hmm. for four minutes. Oh, the song goes to so many different places in that. Ooh. It's like. It lose it. It gains. It rises. It's uh, all about dynamics. It's like really, really interesting places that it goes, uh, but never explicitly. You know, it's not a song that's necessarily about something. Although it kind of is, but the things that it's about feel like it's very much on that other level of the places the song goes musically. And so, um, for me, that's about Ringo. This using a really, really small set of tools to craft a pretty complex message uh, by just doing very small variations. Delinquency like mode. Yeah, let's do it. Break um, down what that is real quick. Man. So now it's time for a segment called What's Your Delinquency Mode? Pow, pow, pow. Um, that's what I'm saying. Ringo says Bing, zoom. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> So, in the game Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, uh, you can press the R button to enter delinquency mode. Mm -hmm. And the point of this is so that you can actually get into a fight. That doesn't have to be the point, because it changes the way that your character walks. Your character walks a lot slower. Uh, They put their hands in their pockets. I like how it's the opposite of, like, getting ready for a fight. Right. It's not, like, if you want to fight someone, you, like, put your dukes up. Right. Now, it ends up being the same button that means put your dukes up once you're actually in the fight. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... uh... World star. Check World star. In, checking with our pop culture correspondent. Yes. By the way, don't spoil your actual delinquency mode, Corey, of just oh, screaming yeah. world star. <laughs> That's, That's literally it. <laughs> uh, so Ringo's answer is put your hands in your pockets, uh, stick your shoulders up, and walk slowly yeah. while glaring at people. Yeah. Um, my answer. Um, same thing. Same, same, <laughs> same exact thing. No, it's it's... I'm, I'm thinking of when I'm in a city that I don't know, mm. and I'm walking through an area that I'm uncomfortable in. Okay. Right? What do I do? Why well, has it got to be a city? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You feel that way in Mount Shasta. That's true. It. I see it. That's um, a valid point. And it is uh, if I am smoking, cigarette in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, particularly doing the gesture where you hold the cigarette with a uh, the full hand, um, <laughs> fingers out, uh, like you're ready to smack <laughs> someone. <laughs> this is a great... The podcast, the podcast is a visual medium. Though. That was a joke for Corey and you. <laughs> you I was so, trying so life. hard to screenshot it, but I couldn't do it fast enough. <laughs> Pick a game, suggest to the podcast, we'll have you on a guest, as a guest, and we'll give you visual gags. It'll be great. <laughs> so uh, That's the deal. It's, it's the motion where you look like you're going to smack someone. Uh, you put your hand up, mm. you know, like you're going to... Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. That, that's the way I smoke, this, the cigarette going into my mouth and out with that. 
Um, and then walking always with a purpose, even if I have no idea where mm-hmm. we're stopping to look things up until I get someplace where I feel you know comfortable, but just kind of walking at a sustained pace, never too fast, never too slow. Just, you know, walking, like I know where I'm going and I'm going to go to that place now. Uh, so it's much more about, you know, the facial expression, but that's, that's my delinquency mode. That's a good one. Ben, you got one yet or I, I, yeah, I, I can, I can do it. Uh, I'm going to stick with my Tarantino vibe from, yeah. Red, I mentioned it at the beginning. Boy, you're, you're on, you're on that mode, huh? And I just listened to a whole hour and a half long podcast about reservoir dogs. So I'm going to go with the, uh, Michael Madsen stuck in the middle with you. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Dance. Oh, the dance again. Yeah, the the dance. visual. <laughs> I love the visuals of this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, everyone knows that dance. I mean, everyone come on. Yeah. You know exactly what it anyway, is. That's back stuck in the middle with you. Mm-hmm. There's a whole story that Jason told me a million times about that song and how it's like a Bob Dylan impression by a modern band or something. Is that right? <laughs> I remember that. Wow. Anyway. I feel like if anyone saw me doing that dance, they'd want to punch me. Yes. Which is yes. What's that's true. What it is, right? It's that's, like that's an invitation to fight. Yeah. If it's an invitation to fight my delinquency mode, but you're going for I'm it. I'm like, let's I, I do it. I don't give. Yeah. I'm just ready for it. Corey, what you got? Mm, yeah. You put me in an interesting position here. Now that I've had one, that's a, how do you avoid a fight? And the other that's I'm about to fight. Yeah. Well, Cause I'm those are very different right. modes for me, yeah. you know, cause my, I'm ready to throw down about something. It's really a look. It's that like wide eyed, like, Oh, is this is this going down? Yeah. Kind of like, oh, it's yeah, it's yeah. about to happen. It's the look I give people who are talking in movie theaters. It's the look I give people who are harassing someone in public. Things like that. That's just like straight mom look. Like, oh, straight mom look. Yeah, yeah straight mom eyes. Like, yep. yeah, oh, I'm a count to three, and we'll see where this goes. I want a game where the R button is straight mom, mom eyes. Mom, yes, mom, mom eyes. eyes for real. It's it's withering if you get it in the right. Uh, in the right context. Um, but the, my avoidance one though, is definitely the standard girl avoidance of walk real fast with a key in your fingers. That's my, so those are my two delinquent modes. There you go. I like it for joining me for, uh, what is your delinquency mode? Yeah. I, I I like that segment. I hope that there are more such things in other games to, it's just to bring up. I wish I'd thought about it more, but it's good. It's okay. a good one. Okay. Speaking of other games, Corey. Hey, not really hollow Knight anymore because I have been frustrated to death, but, uh, Harry Potter wizards unite. Uh, that's, that's my go-to right now. That's what's that? Is that just the new Pokemon? I mean, kind of. It's got more to it than Pokemon, though, so it's a little more fun than Pokemon Go. So it doesn't wear you out as quickly because you have more different types of challenges than Pokemon Go did at the gate. So eventually, when I was playing Pokemon Go, eventually, I was like, I'm really sick of catching the same three Pokemon in my area or whatever. But then there's all these challenges and all this stuff. So it's actually quite fun um, and good on vacation. Like, I was in Chicago last week, so I was walking a lot, and that was good. Here, I don't have Wi-Fi when I'm connect- when I'm walking, so I haven't been able to play as much but it's a fun game nice. i recommend it ben did you ever end up playing unraveled it's on my switch <sighs> i play i want to hear how you feel about this i will game. i will play it that's my homework i mentioned this a month ago that's my homework for next month i will have played it by then. okay all right see what happens what else okay you guys yeah do it man a lot of tony hawk yeah. Oh dang! Is this on Brother. the Game Boy? Is this like on. one of those things you hacked in there? Yeah. Yeah. I think Jason. I mean, you talked about it a month ago. Did we talk about it, Core? Yeah, we talked about your. Yeah. You had just 
I think you just made the okay, yep. Game, Game Boy Raspberry Pi emulator yeah. machine. Yes. So uh, for listeners who missed out, I made two Game Boys that are not Game Boys. They're actually tiny computers running Raspberry Pis that are emulating a bunch of systems. Uh, but they look like Game Boys and they play like Game Boys. So thank you. Uh, and if you are in the, if you are looking at them right now, there's one right on the table behind them. Yeah, there, <laughs> there it is. So, um, last month uh, I was showing it off to Ben and being like, "You can't have this. It's not yours yet." And I sent it off. For <laughs> about a week. Um, and so then he got it, and he's been playing. Uh, I think he beat Tony Hawk in the first 48 hours. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that made me feel so fulfilled. I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Ah, I gave Ben. Joy. the best gift that I think I've ever given yeah. and I felt so, and so proud that it, it just feels good when you get the gift for someone that's the right gift so anyway. it took 33 years but you got there apparently that's right it's all downhill from yeah. here yep <laughs> well I'm never getting him a gift again so perfect boom. you don't have to I don't think so Tony Hawk nice yeah I think that's the, that's the one I focus on the most but I, I played a bunch of the like 1940 games which are yes. like the flying yep. you're the, the airplane the airplane flying yeah the top down look check armed police bat rider Okay. It is 1941, but just wild. Like the most Japanese arcade game of the 90s ever. Like all these weird kind of anime tropes entering into it, but like you're on these giant mechs just fighting your way through city streets. I'm in. It's great. All right. What do you got? So uh, I've been playing the hell out of that Game Boy. Um, I've been playing a bunch of Earthbound. I've been playing um, Final Fantasy. Final, uh, I played through Final Fantasy IX with Maddie. Um, did oh, I nice. Last week, last uh, month? A little bit. No, yeah, I don't think you so. Asked, you asked people, was this the game you were asking people yeah. if there anything? Oh, yeah, you asked if, yeah, yeah. if there's anything in it that she shouldn't. Uh, Megan looked see. through it and, it and it seemed fine. Okay. Um, and <laughs> a lot of people in the game who just were sleeping for some reason. Like they would get hit with a sword and they'd decide. Yeah. Then they'd just like take a nap. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. Sometimes you take a break. Mm-hmm. Maddie loved it. Oh, let me just tell you this experience. Okay. So we played, it was about 30 hours. Right, and we play this whole game together. She's with me every moment of playing the game, and then we get to the ending, and she's like getting distracted, like not wanting to be there. And I, I like called Megan in for it because I'm like, hey, we finally got to the end of the game, check it out. And like Maddie's like having none of it, and it's mostly cutscenes, like mostly you're reading cartoons. all the dialogue. Yeah, I'm reading all the dialogue to her. Yeah. I've done voices. Uh, she loves the different voices, and I finally realized right after the game why she was so distracted so she's distracted I'm like Maddie look you know, watch the ending it's, it's right here you know don't miss this this is good uh, what's gonna happen are they gonna get back to it? and by the end she kind of like got back into it was like excited and she looks at me right as the game ends and she she has that look of a kid who is about to cry Aww. and doesn't want anyone to know that they're cry- gonna cry because they don't want to disappoint someone so, oh no like a big smile with eyes that are about to cry oh and she says, Daddy, can we play Final Fantasy IX again? Oh. And what she was so scared of, the reason she was so distracted, is we'd spent all these weeks together playing this game, and she didn't want that closeness to end. Oh. And I said... That's so delightful. No. But I just ordered Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Good. Oh, and that'll keep me going for a long time. Do you want play Final Fantasy, but with Donald Duck? And she was like, yes, I do. Hell yeah. And so that showed up the next day, and we've been playing that. <sighs> Let me tell you, Kingdom Hearts sucks. <laughs> really? <laughs> 
Yeah. In terms of like the playing experience. Now, in terms of her experience, she's just like, Daddy, just beat that monster and get onto the cutscene. And I'm like, I can't. I'm button mashing so oh, hard. Sorry, man. Uh, I think you're just too old for it, is what's happening here. Yeah. yeah. No, I've talked to some other people who are like, oh, yeah, the controls on the game suck. Um, my, like, my students love it. There was one student I had this semester who, like, that was his thing that he's like, I am a big fan of Kingdom Hearts. And, like, the rest of the class, like, yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Totally but I think you had to be, like, six when it came out. Yes. yes. And yeah. be willing to just, like, fight the same monster 10 times until you. Because mm-hmm. it's not very much yeah, about strategy. Sure. It's about, about, like, just getting lucky to get through it sometimes. That's like. Sure. But I think the the we got the entire uh, collection, so two hundred oh, hours of gameplay. There so you go. We will, I, I think so you're I, safe, Maddie. You get enough dad time. So uh, that, and then I've been playing a, a bunch on my Game Boy itself, um, and I started playing uh, Baba Is You uh, on the Switch, which is um, Corey. I think it might be one of your favorite puzzle games. Like I think you might really dig it. Um, really. I feel like because the name of it sounds like something I may have put in my like wish list or something. So it's finally on sale, so I bought it. Oh, yeah. oh interesting. Okay, okay. So I'm into it. You control this sheep, and I'm already in. Okay, tell me more. Super, super uh, simple graphics. Um, and on the screen, what you got to do is you got to get the sheep over to a flag. And so there's also these two sentences on the screen. And each sentence is made up of tiles. There's one that says Baba, one that says is, and one that says you. And another sentence that says flag is win. But you can push the word flag. And now the flag isn't win anymore because it just says flag over here and then is win over there. And they're not connected. So the first level, you know, you beat it by like just walking over to the flag. Yay, you won. Okay, yeah. And the second one, it says uh, wall is stop. Right? And you've got like a big wall around you, you can't get through it. So now you move the word wall out of that sentence and you can walk through the wall. Oh, it's like super Y. Yeah. Okay. You, Maybe. You, I mean, you have kids super Y on PDS? Yeah, super y a lot. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And that's what they do. They use the words to yeah. like rearrange Change and then they the can. The screen yeah. Exactly. As it continues, you end up having to solve puzzles by using the words themselves as physical tools to move around other words. That's awesome. That will like get. Yeah, that's straight up super why I'm into it. Dog, it is so much fun. That's cool. It is mind bending. You are like programming the game as you're. Yeah. And you can break it. Like. Okay. You can do like if you move the word Baba from Baba is you out. All of a sudden, what are you? Can't control Baba. (laughs) So so you have to press back immediately. Like there's a back button still that you're like, okay, just undo that. Uh, a lot of the games involve changing yourself from being Baba to something else. Oh, that's cool. Right? Uh, so I could be like, Wall is you. Wall is you is a great one oh. that you learn early on. Because <laughs> the walls just start moving. You just get them over to the flag. <laughs> nice. Okay. I like that a lot. All right. Nice. Um, I like it. Yeah, I think those are the main games I've been playing. Oh, uh, A Link to the Past. I've been playing a ton of. You're trying to play through all the Zelda games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing it in the order of like my own interest. Nice. Um, and Did I've you heard Link to the Past is one of the best. Uh, no, okay. got kind of stuck halfway with Maddie's interest, so I might oh, come back okay. to it with her. We'll nice. see. I like it. Um, yeah, those are those are. The, oh, and then uh, Persona Three. Been playing okay. Persona Three um, all along the game. Inspired by this, basically. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to get into it and find like a good Persona game because I was not into Five all that much. It was a little bit too much about teachers sleeping with students that made me uncomfortable in ways that it was like oh this is so bad let's show another fantasy scene in which this teacher is thinking of the student in their in her underwear and i'm like Whoa. oh no mm, yeah. no no thank you i get that you're making him icky but i feel like you're also not yeah i got right. real uncomfortable with that game yeah that's right mm-hmm. uh we're okay. we playing next month yeah so we have that list we made 
three, four months ago. Yep. Well, I think we all know what game Ben wants to play next. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Outer Wilds. <laughs> What's Outer Wilds? It's the game that a week ago you said, this is the game I was meant to play. What? <laughs> On Slack? Yeah, remember this? Yeah, I, I remember this. Yeah, I, I didn't remember what it was called, but I remember him saying that. Space Firewatch. Space Firewatch. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I want to put that out there. Oh, also, shit. I want to make sure, uh, Corey, we've kind of gone through some rounds. And yeah. I think we're back to you in terms of if there's a game that you're interested in, if you want to get one into the mix. And if we don't choose that this time, I want to make sure you get that for the next one. Uh, that, okay, like, yeah. Ringo was definitely a Jason game. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> Life is Strange, I think, was kind of shared. That, yeah, that was, and, yeah, um, that was a team effort. Yoku was definitely a Corey game. Right? Yeah, that so, was me. So Ben's really the one who's. Yeah. So I described Outer Wilds. I just forgot the name of it. I remember That's the fine. Name, uh, as the Dig plus No Man's Sky yep. plus Firewatch, yep. which I, all of those games combine those any parts of those three, and I'm in. It's on sale. Is it? What is it on? Xbox okay. and PC. Oh, it's really? Not on Switch. Oh. Okay. okay. I have, can I get it on Steam? Yes. Or I, I can just get it somewhere. Okay. Yeah. It's on Steam. I don't know what any of those things you just described it as being like are, but... Firewatch? Firewatch is like a um, walking simulator. came out three or four years ago. Um, I think you dig Firewatch overall. Yeah. Okay. We should have a revisiting game section. Yeah. Where we just make... Yeah. Um, I guess that's... <laughs> uh, here's what I'll say I've heard about the game. Okay. Um, okay. Just to kind of prepare you for it. Um uh, mm-hmm. Basically, in games, so in Ringo, you had like a few different verbs, right? Punch, kick, read, drink, that kind of thing. Yeah. Evidently, in Outer Wilds, you basically have one verb and it's explore. And so lots of like reading people's notebooks to try and find out like what happened here? Where where are we going? The overall thing is it's kind of a Groundhog Day. um, The world resets after every Mm -hmm. hour or so. And so one thing that can get frustrating is like just before you solve a puzzle, you die. Uh-huh. That'll happen a few times. They said it's mainly timed well that the puzzles are like you can get back to that place really easy and just solve the puzzle quickly once you. Oh. And they said uh, the tutorialization is pretty good, but not perfect if you don't pay attention early on. Like if you try okay. to skip through some of the tutorials, you might w- miss like some important tools for you to use sure. throughout. But all the people I've heard talking about it have just said this is the greatest game of all time. Oh my I gosh. just love this thing so much. I've heard so many good things about it. So, ben, ben just had like the most stoner response to it oh, like everything <laughs> just turned slowly towards the camera half eyes half closed Great. but wide at the same time <laughs> uh, i like it cool. yes all right out of wilds it is i'll probably have to chop that whole segment up for like 10 minutes yeah two minute thing because <laughs> no one wants to listen to us figuring out what we're gonna play chop it up yep nope. play out of wilds next I hey, it this good. is why it takes ben <laughs> Four weeks to edit each one of these things. Uh, <laughs> so we have to talk in circles. For, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's all we have for everyone this month. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, check out our website, mumph.com. M O L M M F. So that's an official letter now, huh? M F. Yeah. Check it out. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. We don't have a Tumblr anymore, but that's sad. Mumph.com is deceased, but they can check out kscum.com if they want to hear some cool old retro LucasArts playlist thanks again Nick Gates as always I have been Ben I will be Jason and I still have no idea what the fuck to say here yay (laughs) I am a fighting pirate you haven't grown up yet have you a woman's life is full of suffering ah truth (laughs) (laughs) terrifying was that from the game it was oh Oh, there you go all right see y'all next month (laughs) 